Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of the Couch Potato Podcast. On today's show, I'm joined by Jen and Lucas as we discuss the 1989 holiday classic National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I know this movie's on a lot of you guys and gals' top five lists for Christmas movies, and we had a lot of fun discussing it. So, after the trailer and the guitar riff, Christmas Vacation's coming up at you next. You better watch out. You better be good. Can I take something out for you? You better not live in the neighborhood because the Griswolds are spending Christmas at home. We didn't come to impose. Oh, hell, it's plenty of room. Can I refill your eggnog for you? Drive you out to the middle of nowhere, leave you for dead. Chevy Chips. Everybody come out quick, look at the lights! National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, rated PG-13. Starts Friday, December 1st at a theater near you. Hello, and welcome back to the Couch Potato Podcast, our Christmas Day edition. And joining me today, uh, as always, Lucas. Lucas, how you doing, man? Doing great. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, too. Uh, it's much better already for you than it was last Christmas. Uh, I think it's much better for both of us, actually. Yeah, very true. Very true. It's much better. Uh, no, uh, no covid that's true. No uh, stressful places of employment that treated us like shit. Also true. Yeah, so it's already already coming up roses. Coming up millhouse. That's right. And also joining us today is the first lady of the Couch Potato Podcast. Mm-hmm. Jen is back on the show. Hello. Hello. How is everyone doing tonight? Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Whatever you celebrate out there. Festivus. Festivus. Festivus for the rest of us. Yes. I'm looking forward to some rest over the next couple of days for sure. So you're celebrating rest of us. Yes. I'm here all day, folks. Don't forget to tip your (laughs) wake staff. (laughs) All right. um, To celebrate uh, Christmas, we're going to do probably, this is, we discussed on the Home Alone episode, this is probably on both of our top five favorite holiday movies of all time. This is my number one. Uh, it's it's my yes. top two or three for sure. We're doing National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation today. The celebrated Woo! the celebrated holiday classic, which we kind of alluded to on Home Alone. This was coming up. Uh, fun fact for all you listeners out there. We tried to do this episode last year, but in typical couch potato fashion, the audio got fucked up and we couldn't put it out. We are very professional. We hey, we are getting better though. That's true. Uh, I think on a scale of one to ten, I think uh, quality. Adam makes it sound like a million bucks. So I think we're at least a seven or eight in the audio quality department in terms of our content quality. I I think we're like at a four. Well, you're giving us a whole four. Yeah, like I think we're judged on the Olympic scale. So we've got like a series of judges, and the USA made up for like the shitty score that we got from. Uh, the Russian judges. I mean, I think yeah, I, the one. I think you could at least give yourself a five or a six. Okay. I think a four is selling yourself short a little bit. All right. Well, as you now, the cat's out of the bag. The American judge is joining us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying I listen to it every week. So I, th- I think, you know, nine times out of ten, it's a good six at least. Oh, Probably more than that. Hey, uh, I just want any sponsors that are listening to this, uh, take note. We are a solid 6 out of 10. That's right. And uh, we will uh, hawk anything. Uh, the uh, the uh, male uh, grooming kits, if you want us to promote those, we'll do it. Uh, boner medication, we'll do that too. Uh, anything you need sold over the internet, come see us. We'll be happy to do it. That is correct. All right, well, we'll get off. Uh, we're getting off track here, but um, I did want to ask the both of you. Uh, speaking of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, we'll get off the the ball grooming kit. We'll save that for another day. Um, when's the first time you seen National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, Jen? Let's see. I know that I didn't see it in theaters. I probably seen it on VHS at home. Giving and, away my age here, but that's okay. And for all of you that don't know what a VHS tape is, it was a cassette tape. 
Uh, probably the size of a length of an iPad. Maybe a little yeah. smaller. Sounds about right, yeah. Yeah, and it, it had like a reel inside of it. And used to be able to play tapes, uh, could record on them. Uh, but then, you know, they got replaced by disc, and now people don't even use those anymore. Yeah, you, uh, you would put the tape into something that looked like an Xbox One, the original Xbox One. Yeah. So basically just imagine like a Nintendo. The cartridge goes inside. Sometimes you'd have to clean them or else they wouldn't play right. And it took forever to rewind or fast forward. Mm-hmm. And sometimes yep. if the movie was long enough, you had to flip it over. Oh, no, you, you had them on two tapes. Oh, two tapes. Okay, okay. Yeah, they did that with the DVDs I, I'm thinking first. of the actual cassette, the cassette player that you would play music on. Yeah. It would have like a two-sided tape. I'm thinking the wrong thing. Also showing your age. <laughs> I know. That's okay, though. Whatever. But, but go ahead. Don't mean to cut you off again. No, I was just going to say that I, I most likely saw it at home. We probably rented it from First Choice Video or Blockbuster or one of those that were around back in the day. That's when I recall seeing it. I know for a fact I didn't see it in theaters. Yeah, Lucas. So. Oh, good. Lucas, what about you, man? When did you see this? Uh, uh, I'm sure my dad was smoking, was, uh, smoking a fat dude on the couch. And uh, so I probably sat there uh, getting a contact high when I was a kid watching this on HBO. Oh, cool. You're taking vitamins at an early age. (laughs) I I know for me, uh, I've seen this in movie theaters. Uh, As I've mentioned uh, on uh, numerous episodes, that my mom has a collection of movies that she watches religiously. Uh, It's about 10 or 11. Um, This movie is also on that list. I think she will watch this. uh, Obviously, she watches it at Christmas time. She'll watch it in the spring. Uh, it could be a sweltering 110 degrees outside. She'll pop in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation as well. So I've, God, I've probably seen this movie hundreds and hundreds of times. I'm not the expert that Jen is. That's one of the many reasons we brought her on today. She didn't even have to watch this movie to be able to contribute to this episode. Well, I actually just watched this for the trillionth time, it seems, a couple weeks ago. So it was fresh in my mind. But no, I mean, I pretty much have this memory on repeat in my head mm. so yeah, see me being the older of the the three of us uh i probably watched some of this with you and i had to watch it again today <laughs> <laughs> it's because you're old memory not what it used to be that's right um i did want to ask both of you um what makes this movie such a beloved classic i mean this movie came out in 89 and it's still widely regarded as most people's one of their favorite christmas movies so i want to ask both of you. Lucas, I'll start with you. Uh, what makes this movie so beloved all these years after it first came out? Um, I think it's the relatability. Mm-hmm. I think it's because it's like an average family having an average Christmas and struggling with money to, you know, get whatever they want, which in this case is uh, they wanted a swimming pool. But, mm-hmm. you know, just the average family struggling through Christmas and everybody has a cousin Eddie. Everybody. That's true. Um, Jen, what about you? What makes this movie so beloved and for you? Oh, my gosh. For me, it's the characters. I mean, Aunt Bethany, um, Uncle Lewis, Clark, of course, Cousin Eddie. Um, I actually have a family member that not only acts somewhat like him, but... looks like him as well. I have an uncle doc that he's like our cousin Eddie of the family. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's just such a fun movie. A lot of it is just so out there and ridiculous. And there's just so many things that I just love about it from the dialogue to the characters, to the crazy things that happen that in all honesty would never happen in real life. So it's just for me, the, the, the comedic effect of it. Clark, just his like one-liners, his tangents. I mean, it's just so many things Mm. that I love about it. Yeah. I I think for me, like uh, Lucas, you touched on this. I mean, I think everybody has gone through a Christmas or two where you try to make it perfect and everything goes to complete shit. I mean, whether it's trying to hang up Christmas lights and none of the lights work, uh, like trying to figure out how you're going to afford to give everybody what they want for Christmas. Uh, 
just yeah, just every like everything that you'd want to be the perfect Christmas going wrong. And then like you know, I don't have that problem, but I mean like you end up getting stuck with family members you don't like. There's like first off, Jen, like there's no way we would host a family Christmas. That would be a fuck no. Yeah. That, that's not happening. We're not doing the big family no. Christmas where people are staying at our house. No. No, that's not happening. Well, I mean, if they stayed at our house, they would have to probably sleep in the attic or in the garage because we definitely don't have room for anyone to sleep over here. I mean, they'd be on the floor, on a couch. And in all honesty, I'm just too much of a germaphobe and a clean freak to even have any of that mess. So. Well, I mean, until like, you know ballscaped the male grooming kit decides they want to pay us a shitload of money to sponsor, you know, for us to advertise, you know, promote the product on the show. Well, well I was also going to say they can, they could also roll up in their RV. Now, actually, that's true. Some of the people live in our neighborhood are very snobbish and up uptight. I would love to have a piece of shit RV parked in our driveway. Oh, exactly like Cousin Eddie's. Like, just park it right... No, Not even in the driveway. Park it out front in the damn street. Like, in all its glory. Put it right out there. I'm in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just do it. That's actually... We should invest in a shitty RV just to put out here. Now. I would actually volunteer to sleep in the RV to, like, just get, like, peace and quiet, in all honesty. And I will actually drain the septic tank in a child's robe because I think that's what Cousin Eddie's wearing in this too. Probably so. <laughs> if it's not his, if it's not a child's robe, it's his wife's robe. Yeah, at a minimum. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think it just—it's so relatable. And like you said to Jen, like you know, they've crafted such uh, good characters throughout. Like this is the third entry in the National Lampoon series. So you've kind of gotten to know these characters too. So. I think combination of both is what makes this movie, you know, so fun. And, like, I think what we watch this once a year at least, don't we? Right around this time. What, this movie? Yeah. Well, you watch it at least once. I probably watch it four or five times, maybe. Yeah. I haven't watched it as much this year so far. I think I've only watched it twice, which is a little less than what I normally yeah, would. But. slacking a bit. I know. I, I need to get it together. Yeah. Well, you can, after we're done here, you can do a quick marathon of two I in a row. I can, or I can watch it tomorrow. I've got. I've still got time. Yeah, it's a cool hour and a half, too. Mm-hmm. Blows right by. Exactly. Well, we'll get into the tail of the tape here, and then we'll start knocking out these categories. What do you two think? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. This movie was released on December the 1st, 1989. It stars Chevy Chase, Beverly D'Angelo, Randy Quaid, Juliette Lewis, and Johnny Galecki. Directed by Jeremiah Chechik. I think I pronounced his name right. Oh, well, if I didn't. Uh, sure. Yeah. Close, close enough. Yeah, if I didn't, it, it's what else is new? Um, Rotten Tomatoes score of uh, 67% from critics and 86% from audiences. Box office was $73.3 million on a $25 million budget, which is fucking insane for a comedy in 1989 to have that big of a budget. Yeah. Um, this movie didn't win or nominate, wasn't nominated for any awards, of course. And you can stream this on my personal uh, favorite streaming service, HBO Max. Well, well so at least you can stream it. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was just going to say, Lucas. At least it's not a Paramount title where you can't find it. Is it Paramount right. that you can never find? Yeah. Okay. Yep. And you just proved to me that you actually do listen to the show. <laughs> of course, I, li- I listen every week. I was not lying about that. All right. Well, the William Somerset Research Court, and we do appreciate that. Of course. Absolutely. You're, you're one of the, the Magnificent Seven. Oh, geez. Now, there's more than that. Yeah, you're right. There's eight. Um, <laughs> the William Somerset Research Corner, uh, this movie was originally based off of a short story called Christmas 59, which was written by John Hughes and was featured in the 1980 issue of National Lampoon magazine, which I didn't know that they did a magazine until these movies. I always remember just Mad Magazine and Cracked, but I didn't know there was a National Lampoon's magazine. I remember Cracked. Was that like the Mad Magazine? Yeah, that's Mad Magazine's like crazy 
uncle. Right. I remember that. Yeah, I don't I don't know what you guys are reading, but I remember Playboy. <laughs> I don't think they based uh, this movie off of a Playboy article. No, that'd be a little... I think it would be rated higher than, what was it, PG-13? PG-13. Yeah. Uh, Lucas, we do appreciate you actually reading Playboy for the articles. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> uh, the Griswold House... Uh, you may recognize, uh, at least you Marvel fans, this was the same house that Wanda and uh, Vision lived in in the show uh, WandaVision. Holy shit, I did not know that. Yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. Wait, what now? Yeah. WandaVision. Yeah. Uh, Wanda and Vision lived in the same house that was the, the Griswold house in this movie. I'll be dipped. And another fun fact, uh, Todd and Margot's house, their next uh-huh. door neighbors, uh, that was the Murtaugh's house in the Lethal Weapon movies. So is it the same director? No, they just are they affiliated somehow? No, or? just a, a, a. They shot this obviously on a back lot at Warner Brothers. Right. Yeah, just it standard. just happened to be this the same staging or or whatnot. Yeah, oh, same house. Wow. Okay. The same Haas. Haas. Interesting. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, like I said, yeah, the Murtaugh's house is uh, Todd Margot's house as well. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, May Quince Questel, second name I'm going to fuck up tonight. Who plays Aunt Bethany? Oh, I love her so much. Uh, she was the voice of Olive Oil in the old Popeye cartoons. What? Oh, nice. Yeah. And, that is really cool. And this was her last movie. Oh, bless her heart. Well, she she lived for like another 10 or 11 years. Oh. That's just the last movie she was in. Oh, okay. Yeah, she didn't pass away like right after this or anything. I was going to say, I didn't I figure mean, she, she did. She did fucking die, but it just wasn't right then. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't right that minute. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't figure that some of those old folks that were in that movie would still be alive. I mean, you're talking about what? 99 to 22 years ago. So, well, actually the incomparable William Hickey, who plays uh, uncle Lewis just passed away. Not too long. I'm, ago. I'm wrong. 32 years 32. ago. Holy shit. Yeah. Okay. I'm like 10 years behind. William Hickey passed away. Yeah. Not too long ago. And how I think old was, was he? Fuck. I don't know. He had to have been old. You're asking too much. I'm, I've, I've got my research here. I didn't look up ages of actors. Well, geez, Russ. I mean, you need to just be prepared. This is the only movie in the Vacation franchise that does not feature Lindsey Buckingham's song Holiday Road. Snap. Holiday Road. Or or as you like to call it, my grandmother's, or well, my grandparents' theme song as they're driving down the road. Oh, yeah, dude. Like every time like we're uh, driving like, her grandparents are driving. I always play Holiday Road because it just, they kind of like <laughs> drive to the rhythm of the song. <laughs> That's it's, perfect. And if you knew my grandparents, like it fits them perfectly. So it's pretty great. <laughs> and the last one that I have uh, in 2003, uh, Christmas Vacation actually got a sequel called National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation 2. It was a made for TV movie for NBC and it uh, stars Cousin Eddie. And Catherine, where they get stranded on a uh, island. What? Yeah, I, I read about that, and apparently it's an awful, awful movie. Yeah, basically, I think the premise is uh, Eddie works at a nuclear power plant. So basically, I think they rip off like a like the premise of The Simpsons, and he does something where he thinks he's going to get fired, but then I think they are under the impression that he's going to sue them. So they give him a vacation, and Eddie does something stupid, causes them to get shipwrecked on an island, and then that's is the premise. I'm sorry, go ahead. I and then this is the you. yeah, this is the premise of the movie. They just get shipwrecked on an island. And what is this called again? National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation Part Deux. Deuce. I didn't even know they had two. Mm-hmm. Is was that direct to DVD? No, it was made for TV movie. Oh, made for TV. Okay, okay. So essentially the same thing as direct to DVD. It's well, on, not that, really. on that caliber of content quality. anyway. Yeah, quality, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so yeah, no, I, I didn't bother to watch it because I imagined it was probably a piece of shit. But thank you, Lucas, for clearing it up that it was a piece of shit. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, Lucas, what kind of fun facts do you have? Uh, when... Uh... Chevy's character Clark is setting up the uh, Christmas lights and they won't turn on. Um, he punches one of the displays and he actually broke his pinky, but he kept going until the director said cut. And, <laughs> and then he was in a shit ton of pain. Oh, was he? Yeah. 
I wonder if that's when he karate chops the shit out of Rudolph's head. It probably, yeah, that would probably be the the moment there. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Oh, uh, the you know when the squirrel gets loose in their house. <laughs> they, they Sorry, actually, I love. Uh, go ahead. I I was just laughing because I love that that scene. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's good. They're all good. They uh they actually trained a squirrel to do that. Well, the day before they were going to film it, the squirrel died. So they actually had a wild squirrel um, <laughs> do that scene. That's amazing, and I love it so much. I bet Randy Quaid <laughs> ate it. He probably did. <laughs> On his way to Canada? Yeah. I'm going to kill this squirrel and oh. squat in some rich person's house. Oh, my gosh. That's great. Um, and then I, the last one I've got, um, Chris Columbus was actually supposed to direct this, but uh, him and Chevy Chase hate each other. So he uh, decided to go work on Home Alone instead. Yeah, we. And, uh, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say no, we. Uh, all right, we're tripping over each other. You go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say the a newbie director Jeremiah Chechik, as mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure I butchered that too. Was the one that stepped in and took over. Yeah, yeah, we uh, we uh, brought that up in the Home Alone episode. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, what happened was is uh, Chris Columbus uh, was working on Christmas Vacation, and then he's like, nope, Chevy Chase is a big fucking asshole. I want out. I'm out. <laughs> so uh, John Hughes made it up to him. He said, you know, we'll find something for you. And then he offers him uh, two scripts. I forget what the other one was, but the other one was Home Alone. Of course, the rest is history, Home Alone. Also a beloved holiday classic. Also a movie that you can find uh, done by the Couch Potato Podcast, uh, wherever you get podcasts. Lucas, thanks for the good setup to plug the show. I do what I can. Yep, you're you're like uh, you're like Magic Johnson setting up uh, James Worthy, and most people that listen to the show probably don't know who James Worthy is, but you should. He's an awesome LA Lakers forward. <laughs> so yeah, that's all I got for you. All right, good deal. Well, that brings us up to the next category: the I Drink Your Milkshake Award for the best scene of the movie. So, Jen, I will lead off with you. What was your favorite scene in this movie? Oh. Man, do I have to pick one? Yes, it's you're Shit. giving an award. We're not. Hmm. <laughs> well, you can suggest several, but we'll pick one. It had well. It's going to have to involve cousin Eddie because he is my absolute favorite character out of this movie. I, I think. Well, no, I know. If I have to pick absolutely one, it's definitely going to be when the snobby ass neighbors next door walk outside and they're getting ready to go for a run. And they look like they just got off a spaceship with their shiny silver warm-up suits. And they're stretching and da-da-da. And they look all yuppie-ish that they are. And here you got Cousin Eddie in his child's bathrobe or his wife's bathrobe or whatever it is with a beer. With his, I guess it's a <laughs> winter hat. It's supposed to look like the football helmet, right, Russ? Is that- no, that's just that's a standard. Oh, it's just that's a just standard. A, I forget what that hat's called, but it's, okay. yeah. So he's got that on. He's got, you know, no pants on. He's in his skivvies with, is it boots? It's like hiking type looking boots, right? Or snow mm. boots or whatever. And he's, uh, 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 you know, draining his RV sewage line into the into the sewage system in the street and just, uh, 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 and, you know, Merry Christmas, shitter's full. I, I just, and he is such a simpleton. He gives no shits in the world. He doesn't think what he's doing's wrong. He's just, you know, Merry Christmas, shitter's full, just waving at people. Nothing wrong here, just entering or just uh, spewing human waste into the street here. No big deal. Nothing to see here. Keep it moving. I, <laughs> I, I love it. It's, it's just great. What, uh, what do you got, Lucas? Um, mine kind of piggybacks off of hers, although I am going to suggest a second uh, scene as well. But the scene that uh, the piggyback off of her is when the sewer actually explodes. Mm-hmm. That, that whole scene is hilarious to me. And then the second one I was going to suggest is when the squirrel gets loose in the house. Yeah, those are good too. Um, I kind of figure that this movie, when we do these awards, <clears throat> there's probably going to be some 
that we're going to agree on, but I think like favorite line and favorite scene, we're probably going to have, uh, you know, all three of us are going to have different answers. And my nominee for best scene in the movie is also different. Um, there's a ton of like good scenes in this, but my personal favorite is uh, it's shortly after Eddie arrives and him and Clark are in the living room and they're drinking the eggnog. And then of course, like he's uh, the dog's drinking the water out of the, you know, out of the tree tells him to get. And then of course, Eddie goes into what's going on with the kids. Like uh, his daughter's getting cured off the wild Turkey in the clinic. And then he, he starts he starts going into uh, details about uh, his son is that uh, you know he's basically he's found his calling in life and he's getting ready to set up his career and it turns out he works at the carnival and he's talking about he barks for the yak woman he has that cool line where I think uh, me and Jen use this quite often but like ugly as sin but hell of a good cook yeah <laughs> <laughs> ugly as sin but hell of a good cook yeah then uh, of course at the uh, the end it, it ends with uh, Clark telling him, goes, Eddie, can I refill your eggnog, get you some food, drive you out to the middle of nowhere, leave you for dead? And Eddie, just oblivious to all of it, he goes, no, I'm doing just fine, Clark. Just fine. I, that for me, that, every time I hear that, I, that scene just cracks me up. But I'm, I don't really have a, uh, a secondary one because I think you guys pretty much summed up the rest of them. So uh, who are we going to give this one to? Uh, I think it's going to be Jen's scene because I think that's, you know, with the line that I'm sure is going to pick, is going to win best line as well. The, you know, when he's emptying the, the sewer or into the sewer, I think that's the most iconic uh, scene from this movie. Yeah. I think that would be the winner too. Um, actually we've been to a, uh, we were recently, uh, one of our best friends just got married recently and they did a costume themed uh, wedding and there was a guy dressed as Cousin Eddie in the bathrobe with the stogie drinking a beer at that wedding. So With no pants yeah, on. Yeah, there was. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, you were there too. Uh, yep, I was there. Um, but yeah, I think it's got to be the uh, him draining the sewer into the street because, yeah, it's, just, it's such an iconic line. I think that's uh, the iconic line. The scene's iconic. And pretty much like I think if you were to ask one person to name one scene from this movie, that's probably going to be the one that they name. So I'm okay giving it to that. I third that. All right. Way to go, Jen. Thank you. Thank you very much. Don't don't expect to be winning too many more of these, though. You get one. I I can accept that. You get one, that's it. All right. um, The I don't like sand, it's coarse and rough. Award for the worst or most unnecessary scene in the movie. I really couldn't think of anything. Uh, I mean, they pretty much all tie together. I mean, this movie's only like what, like an hour and a half, anyways. So I yeah, don't think I there's anything. Didn't have anything for nomination? Yeah, because I mean, there's really like it, it. Actually, I was watching it today, and I was amazed by how fast this movie goes. I mean, like I just happened to hit pause to see how much time was left, and there was like 44 minutes already passed. I'm like, shit. There's only like <laughs> another 30 to go or so, and I was like, damn, this movie flies right by. But there's nothing really I would cut. I mean, it all kind of flows together. I mean, do you have a nominee for something you'd cut out of this I, movie? I do. What I would actually cut out, if anything, I mean, I love this movie. It's pretty much like an A+, plus, perfect for me. But if I could cut out anything, the ending where they're just kind of standing around and singing with one another and the police and the family and the the boss and da-da-da. I mean, to me, it was like super hokey and I didn't, really think that it was needed to add anything great to the movie. The part where the Santa, you know, flies up in the air and they're like, oh, you know, it's sewage gas or whatever. That bit was pretty funny. But then it combined with the singing just, eh. I, I could have taken that or, or left it, honestly. So Is that where they sing the, the, the national anthem? Yes, correct. Yeah, I kind of get that. But I mean, I, I guess it's everything else that leads up to that's pretty outlandish too. Oh. True, it is. But I mean, I I can maybe see cutting that out or just changing it to something different. Right, right, right. But yeah, okay, that's a good award. We'll just give it to that one since okay. neither one of us have enough. Damn, you got two in a row. I know that's awesome. I'm on a roll tonight. Yep. Well, you better be winning awards since you love this movie so much. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's true. Uh, the King Kong ain't got shit on me award. 
for the best line. Have we decided whether we're going to change this to the Dylan, you son of a bitch award for the best line of the movie? Uh, we didn't decide, but we did discuss it. I, I don't I, I defer to you. All right, well, well, we'll discuss it with producer Adam, see what he thinks. What's, what is that from Dylan, you son of a bitch? That's from that? our last episode, Predator. Well, in my my defense, when I listen to that, I normally listen when I'm working. I work from home and I've had two kids home with me this week while I'm working by myself. And one of those kids is two. So I was listening to that during all of the commotion from said kids in the living room. So I could have missed that part. So my bad. I'm surprised because actually... uh... Just uh, earlier this week, uh, Evie, our daughter, comes up to me and does the, uh, the the handshake thing, and she goes, "Daddy, you son of a bitch!" Really? That's, yeah. Wow. I was I couldn't I couldn't like get on her about using bad language. I was oh, so okay. impressed with that. Wow. I was like, "Oh, okay. yep, you are daddy's girl." Interesting. <laughs> well, who who won the arm wrestling contest tonight? Oh, I let her win. I'm not gonna. I mean, I would have smoked her if this was an actual competition. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that when it's just you know, playing around stuff. But we we'll, we will decide. Uh, we'll get with producer Adam. See if we're gonna change that because he's the one who has to find the audio clip. So sounds good. But uh, Lucas, uh, what is uh, your nominee for the best line of the movie? So, like I said, I think we're gonna all agree on what the best line is. So just to give a separate nominee, um, I like the part where they're all coming into uh, the meeting. Is uh, Clark says, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Kiss my ass, kiss his ass, kiss your ass. Happy Hanukkah. <laughs> I think we've used that before too, haven't we? Yes. Yeah, I mean, this is, yes. this is something we've done at work to people walking by us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've done that too. And then even Jen and I have done that too to people. Yep. Um, Jen, uh, what is uh, your nominee? Mine might be a little unconventional from what most would say, but it's not Merry Christmas Shitter's Full, actually. It is wow. where they're going to go shopping and them being Beverly D'Angelo, Clark's parents, and then Beverly D'Angelo's parents. I can't remember her damn name from the movie. Ellen. Ellen, thank you. Ellen, Ellen as played by Beverly really, D'Angelo. I was expecting your A game. Your A plus game. You've brought like maybe an A minus B plus. Well, you can kiss my ass, kiss your ass, kiss his <laughs> ass, and so on. See, uh, happy Hanukkah. Any, anyhow, uh, Clark gets stuck in the attic. He's up there and he's like yelling out the little tiny window. And Ellen's asking, "Where's Clark at?" And her, you know, they're like, "I don't know." Da 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 da. da. And then Ellen's dad says, "Oh, he has a car. He can drive. We gotta go. I gotta eat so I can take my back." I use that all the time. Like I, I absolutely love that line, and I don't know why, but his dad, her dad, rather, is just this old crotchety fuck. He doesn't care about Clark. It doesn't matter where Clark's at. His back hurts, and he's got to eat, and he's got to take his damn back pill. So I, I don't know. I just love that. I will it's vouch great. for that. Uh, you've used that numerous times. I think that's right when you're getting re- you're not quite at the hangry scale, but you're getting close. When you pull that line out, yeah, I've heard her use that. Too. Yeah, you're accurate on that. Yeah, it's for sure. You're getting close, like you know, like that loud meter, like it goes like <laughs> from green to red. It's getting like halfway when she uses that line. It's not quite in the red yet. It's like a three point five, and it's about to be a three point seven five, and then if you get to four, you're really in trouble. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah, um, mine is uh, Merry Christmas, Shitters Full. I can't, I can't blame you for that. That's my. That'd be my number two. Yeah, it just so. I think like going back to the scene is the most iconic. That line, yeah, is most iconic. I actually thought about like I work in a, an office now, and uh, we had a uh, mishap in the bathroom oh, when I had first started. wasn't a It wasn't a mine. I w- would totally take full credit if I had done that, but uh, somebody <laughs> oh, had stuffed up the toilet a bit oh he I, he would take full accountability gleefully let me tell you yeah like oh yeah that's me i left that gigantic lincoln log in there but i i thought about using the uh when i went to go tell like somebody like hey the bathroom's overflowing i was about ready to say merry christmas shitter's full in there 
You should have done that. Well, I'd also probably, I mean, I don't know. I may have or may not have been on unemployment shortly thereafter. Well, and the thing is, is if whomever you were telling that to, would they have gotten the joke? I, you know, I don't know. That's, see, that's a see good... that's the thing, because I've used, <clears throat> like another one I use all the time is uh, a line from Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. I, I use this quite a bit. I'm right on top of that, Rose. And I've said that to people before, and they're like, huh? You know, like, Russ, if I'm saying that to you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, I stole that from you. Uh, I use that all oh, the time. Oh, you did? Too. Oh, okay. But there's certain people that I can use that with, and there's other people that, like, they're just like, why the fuck are you calling me Rose? Like, obviously, my name's not Rose, and they have absolutely no idea. So. Uh, it's because they're a dullard. That, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, are we giving this to the Merry Christmas shitters full, though, since it's the most iconic yeah. line of the movie? I, I can agree with that, for sure. All right, giddy up. Well, just, just to tell you how iconic it is, my fiance Tina, recognized this movie from that line. Okay, yeah, see, that's what oh. I mean. That line and that the scene and the line in the movie, like, that's the two things that people are going to instantly remember from this. Right, right. Yep. All right, good. Good deal. That's definitely the winner. Uh, I guess going now to the McLovin Award for the Best Supporting Performance. I, I don't know if you can really give this to anybody else. Is it, I mean, is it even worth nominating anybody? I, I don't, I really, <laughs> I don't really think so. I, I thought of nominating, uh, Ellen's dad for a minute just because of the, uh, the back pill line. Cause that really, that we use that all the time. It cracks me up, but I really don't think there's any other person you can give this to. I mean, I think he's a little in it a little too much, but I mean, who else are you going to really nominate? It's gotta be Randy Quaid. As cousin Eddie, yeah, yep, hundred percent. I mean, Jen, do you have a, a nominee that? It it's Randy Quaid for me. I, now wait a minute. I thought the supporting actor, oh, the bit actor's different. I'm thinking of a well, we've changed it to the best supporting performance. It's you can't give it to like Chevy Chase because he's in the movie way too much. And the did same it, with uh, Beverly D'Angelo. Did this category used to be called bit actor? Yeah, but we've changed shit around so oh, much. Oh, okay, okay. That's why for eight people only listen to the show. Well, we for some shit reason, so I, I was thinking that you still called this the bit actor part. Anywho, um, if we're going with that, it has to be Randy Quaid. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I do you still do the thing where they have to only be in the movie for a certain amount of time to be considered the supporting actor? Well, yeah, I mean, it can't be the lead, obviously. Right, right, right. right. How many minutes is he in this movie, by the way? Did you look that up? Well, I think uh, he comes in at, what, like a half an hour into it? Sounds about right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think he's about a half an hour into it. He pops in quite a bit. I I think he's billed third in the movie, like when you look at the credits. Oh, okay, okay. But, I mean, honestly, who else are you going to give this to? I couldn't. You know, the only other person I could even remotely think of giving it to would be Uncle Lewis. yeah. Yeah, that's right. I, or, I, maybe... I mean, or even like him and Aunt Bethany, like as a combo, like them together. Other than that, I can't. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you can nominate uh, Aunt Aunt Bethany and Uncle Lewis, too. I think uh, they bring the heat for the five or six minutes there in the movie. But oh, yeah, for it's, sure. Yeah, I think it's got to be Randy Quaid, though. Oh, I agree. For sure. Um, well, like you were saying earlier, you said that uh, your Uncle Doc is kind of like your family's version. Oh, my God. Yeah. Is that the guy that I met when I went to Indiana with you guys? Yes. The guy, the uncle that is, I guess, about my dad's height. Yeah. No, no, no. Yes. That's the uncle that you met. Okay. Yeah. Like kind of thin, kind of has like, looks like he's got like 10,000 pounds of pomade in his hair. No, that's Uncle Bobby. That's who reminds me of Uncle or Cousin Eddie. Uncle Bobby reminded you of Cousin Eddie? The way he dressed. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that in the way he dresses, but in action, it would be my Uncle Doc. Can I, can I tell like a quick one to two minute story about why my Uncle Doc actually reminds me of Cousin Eddie a little bit? You know what? I don't give a fuck. Go right ahead. Okay, so th- this is actually pretty hilarious. So my grandfather, my dad's father, my grandpa Leon, he passed away in 19... 19- I think it was 96 or 97. So when he passed away, 
he had a collection of old leisure suits in his closet. And if some of you younger folks are not familiar with what leisure suits are, these were like suits from the 70s that had, they were kind of like bell-bottom style pants. They had the wide lapel um, suit jackets and they were very loud in color. So think like bright, like green, orange, plaid, just awfulness. So my grandfather to my parents' wedding, my parents were married in 1979. My grandfather wore a leisure suit and it it was fantastic. And if I can find a picture, I will have Russ share it on the socials for this podcast. And it was a blue just awful, 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 awful suit. And it was like with the white shirt and the white, you know, the wide tie. And the tie was, I, I want to say the tie was plaid too, but I'm not 100% sure. Anyhow, skip forward to 97 when my grandfather passed away. My uncle wore that same suit to my grandfather's funeral. <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding. This is, it's the absolute truth. My parents told me this story. Now, granted, I was at that funeral, obviously, since it was my grandfather, but I don't really recall my uncle wearing, you know, that specific suit until years later when I was looking at wedding pictures of my my parents, and I'm like, that suit looks so familiar, and I could not place where I knew that suit from, and I asked my mom about it, and she's like, yeah, your Uncle Doc wore that to your grandfather's funeral. I'm like, what? I said, so you mean to tell me he wore his deceased father's suit from the 70s that he, my grandfather also wore to your wedding? That's what he wore. Yeah, so that in itself, I mean, as I recall. very much a Cousin Eddie move. I mean, right? I mean, dress, and if, if I'm remembering correctly, my grandpa wore like the, um, when he went to my parents' wedding, he wore white penny loafer shiny type vinyl looking shoes that were almost identical to what cousin Eddie wore in that movie and my uncle doc wore the same thing and I don't think they're my grandfather's shoes but they were the same style of shoes so yeah that's what he wore to my grandfather's wedding his deceased father's suit that was worn at a wedding 20 plus years before that yeah that sounds like a cousin yeah I'll plus a fun fact I'd rock shit out of a leisure suit right now. I mean, <laughs> as long as it's not your deceased father's no, suit. I, I mean, I, that's I a little creepy. I wouldn't do that. But yeah, like we go to a, like a wedding next year. Like, oh, fuck, I'll, I'll rock one of them. I mean, I'm all for it. Go for it. Well, uh, I know a certain somebody who will be getting married within the next couple oh, of Oh, yeah. Years. Well, it looks like I got to go. I got to get on the hunt for a leisure suit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll rock shit out of that, too. Um, but yeah, I think... Uh, Randy Quaid wins this. Uh, you're saying like you know every but every person either has that member in their family or they know somebody like a right. friend of mine. Like I had a friend. Uh, oh, I've mentioned uh, my buddy Jeff on here a time or two. Uh, his uh, he had an uncle Dicky that was kind of kind of the same way. You know, like the guy that like he's not a member of my family, so I fucking loved him. Like he just cracked me up. But like I could see where like oh man, this guy is. This guy's a bit embarrassing, but like I fucking just Uncle Dicky was the fucking shit till like later on. Turns out he was a fucking scumbag. But growing up, like Uncle Dicky was my version of Cousin Eddie too. So yeah, I think everybody in their family's got one, or you know they know somebody like that too. So yeah, uh, Randy Quaid easily wins this iconic character. I'll get in a little bit more on him later on. Um. The Eric Stoltz Award for the performer that you would recast. Uh, Jen, do you have anybody in this movie that you would get the uh, the axe out and replace him with somebody else? Hmm. You don't have to. It just I always ask because usually, if I don't, somebody's got a nominee. So, I. I mean, I would have to like be choosy choosy because honestly, these characters were cast so well. But if I could think of anyone, like Eddie's kids, maybe. 
Especially like the little boy, like oh, now come on, you can't do that, to fucking Rocky and sure Ruby I can. Soon. I mean, and the only reason I say that, and again, I have to be very nitpicky if I'm going to pick anything because I I feel like this was cast very well, but Rocky, I remember the piece where um, it's actually Ellen's father goes to give him a kiss and give Grandpa a kiss, and he says somebody has a, I think it's a fungal. Lip infection, the doctors don't know what it is or something like that. Yeah, you know what? I actually believe that he had that lip that lip thing going on, too. I was like, yeah, I bet he's really got that going on. That's method acting right there. Well, it, I guess he just looked normal. So he's talking about like a lip thing, and there's nothing really wrong with his face. He just looks like a little goofy kid. I mean. And that mullet is fucking sweet. That mullet is very sweet. So I just, I, I guess because that little that little piece in that movie where he's talking about that, you know, he's got a lip thing, da, 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 but then there's nothing wrong with his appearance. So I don't know why that, that bothered me. Not to say that maybe that character would need recast, but if you're going to have Randy Quaid saying that, make his face look a little wonky. If he has some unknown lip fungal infection that hasn't been yet discovered. I don't, I don't know. Well, I think that takes some of the shine off Ruby Sue who got kicked by a, uh, she fell down a well and her eyes went crossed, but then she got kicked in the face by a mule and her eyes got straightened out. Yeah. <laughs> so you want to take shine off that too. That's, that's fucking major right there. That's, that's family news. That's true. Um, Lucas, do you have anybody you'd recast in this? Um, I would honestly, I would recast Beverly D'Angelo because oh. I feel like anybody could play her character. Really? Yeah. I don't, I don't feel like she brings anything special to this. Well, see, the thing with her is I think her and Chevy Chase have tremendous chemistry together. Like, I thought, like, they, like, I couldn't see anybody playing, like, if this was the first movie, maybe, but, like, the fact that she's been Ellen, and, like, at that point, that was the third one, I don't think you could recast her at that point. Well, and I mean, I meant really from the start. I mean, I just, I don't feel like her her acting really brings anything special to it. But that's just my personal opinion. I'm also not an actor, so I would also be shitty in a movie. Well, it looks like uh, next summer you got to do uh, one-man play of Macbeth down at the old park. (laughs) And three people would come, and two of them are on here. Yeah. I'd be there, buddy. Well, we can promote it on the show. We'd get eight people. There you go. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I I think that sh- since she was so good in like the first one, that I, I I think that you're past the point of recasting her at that point. Yeah. But yeah, well, I mean, it's I mean, it's, it's a little bit better than Jen trying to take money away from kids. <laughs> what? Not those kids out on the street, fuck, yeah, fuck, you little motherfucker. Fuck them kids. <laughs> Why would Fuck I take money from kids? What the hell are you talking about? Rocky and Ruby Sue. You wanted to get rid of them and get somebody oh, else in there. No, I'm not. Well, it would obviously be, and I didn't, I didn't say Ruby Sue. I said Rocky. So I'm not saying, like, get rid of him and not replace him. I'm saying just replace him with a different character or make it look like he has this lip fungal infection going on that uncle or uncle that cousin Eddie's talking about. I mean, that's all I'm saying. I don't know. Rocky, whatever your name is that played him like couch potato podcast. Loves you. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> we ain't trying to take no food. Out no, we, we, we ain't oh trying to take my. no food. Out yes. We ain't because, ruining Christmas for that. Because kid. years later, that would have ruined his life playing a 32nd piece and national lampoons Christmas. Vacation. No, I'm sure he's probably got like, he's probably a fucked up child actor anyway. So likely, um, the unsolved mysteries of the movie. Uh, I will lead off with you, Lucas. Do you have anything that uh, puzzled you throughout the movie that uh, you never got answered? And maybe we could do our best answer for you here. Uh, no, sir. I have nothing. Oh, wow. Uh, I know Jen and I discussed this uh, right before we went on air. Uh, first off, I'm trying to figure out how the fuck the Griswolds got that tree out of the ground when they didn't bring a saw. <laughs> I'm assuming they probably yanked it out with that fucking badass car there well the thing of it is though like they when they're walking to find that tree they had to have gone two or three miles maybe at least i mean Mm -hmm. like 
They were deep in the wilderness. There was no parking lot around. There were no cars. It was not like a normal Christmas tree parking lot. It seriously looks like they literally just walked out to the middle of nowhere. Yeah, and, and I don't think that Taurus. Miles and whatever. Yeah, I don't think that Taurus wagon is getting through the snow. No. <laughs> definitely, not. definitely not. Yeah, so I mean, like, I, I don't know how the fuck they got that out of there. That must, somebody must have hidden like a fall in their pants or something. I'm just going to go with uh, the tried and true answer that we always use when we can't figure shit out. Movie magic. Movie magic. Yeah. We'll sprinkle a little movie magic on there. Cast a little wand around. Boom. Trees out. And plus, like, who the fuck carried it back to the car? Because, I mean, Audrey is pretty much useless at that point. Her eyes are frozen open. Yeah, yeah they're frozen open. Yeah. Which, I don't know, like, everybody else seems to be fine. She just can't take the cold, Russ. I, I, I don't know. Awful prissy. Yes. I left that bitch out there. <laughs> she kind of looks like Jack Nicholson in The Shining when he's out in the... Like... <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I can totally see that. Uh, the other one that I had was, uh, do Todd and Margot stay together after the events of this movie? No. You don't that, think that? No. No, I don't think they do. I think she's just had enough of his fucking ass... She gets mauled by a squirrel. She gets mauled by... Then she gets mauled by a dog. I mean, she gets bright lights shine on her. She, like, falls... Or, no, he falls down the stairs, and he falls into her... No, I just don't see it happening. The fucking stereo got ruined. That Yeah, that... The stereo's gone. The windows got busted. I mean, water spilled every... Nah. Plus, Todd, kind of a wimp. It, that's the second. He's kind of a pussy, so I I just don't think they would have stayed together. Yeah, he's a, he's a little bitch. She has more balls than he does. They didn't stay together. There's no way. Plus, I don't know why I always get uh I always get a kick out of like when you see performers uh when she gets super irate when the door they knock at the door of the police and she says, "You want in this house? You're gonna have to break down the goddamn door." <laughs> I think I recall my mom getting mad to where she swore. At one of us like that too when I was a kid. But I don't know. Not gonna dig up not gonna dig up the past. Not gonna dig up the skeletons. <laughs> There's no skeletons. None. You probably deserved it if, if uh, you got Oh I'm sure I'm that. sure I did. You don't know, like that. I'm oh. sure. I I was I was a hellion. Yes, you were. Um, do you Jen, do you have any other mysteries of the movie that you need solved? So I had my first one is what you were saying about the tree. And it's not only about how they get that tree. It's not the fact that it's like 20 feet tall. I mean, that's just a wild guess. But they had it roots and everything. Normally, when you go buy a live Christmas tree, I don't believe that you get the roots with the tree unless I'm missing something. But normally, you just go to a tree lot. They're already cut. They're they're cut at the trunk and that's it this motherfucker had i mean the roots and this tree was established i think the roots were like three feet long at least and he's got this damn thing on the back of his car and all this rope and it's like where did you get all this stuff and how did you get this tree out but the the other thing is when the movie starts out and they're you know the hillbillies are behind them and they're trying to run them off the road and whatnot and they get stuck under the semi and then they get out from under the semi but then they almost run what is it it's like a dump truck they almost run headfirst into it so he kind of has to veer off to the right but they hit a snowbank and go way up in the air prior to even going out into the middle of the wilderness to get this tree by the roots however that happens this tourist goes like what is it like 10 15 20 feet in the air like he's on a damn uh what do you call that like a the derby the demolition derby like he's on demolition derby he's like way up in the air how does it happen where he goes 15 20 feet in the air he lands you would think that car would be blasted to smithereens i mean it's a taurus for one thing and it's an old taurus so that's even worse and they land and it's like you just see the shocks it's going up and down but then when they're driving home, it just drives fine. It's not making noise. It's not like tilting from side to side. It's not doing anything. It's like this car just landed like a cat on all four legs, and she was good to go. You didn't watch a lot of the action shows of the 80s, did you? Well, yeah, I did, but... Like the 
the Dukes of Hazard car. Yes, I've seen the Dukes of Hazard. Jumped, made numerous jumps. I mean, I know. Come out fine. Well, of course, but that was Kit the Dukes of Hazard. Kit from Trans Am made numerous jumps. Yeah, but this is a fucking Ford Taurus station wagon, and it's uh, Chevy Ford Chase. Taurus lived through a lot of shit. So, but that good? I mean, did you do a twenty foot jump in the air over a snowbank? As a matter then... of fact, Lucas did do that. Oh, he did. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, okay. I don't like. I don't like to talk about my past life like that, but uh, <laughs> I mean, not to brag or anything, but you were kind of a badass. Is that what you're saying? That's right. <laughs> As a matter of fact, he got out. He goes, "Man, I think I fucking cleared twenty yards with that thing." So he, man, Clark did some damage in that man. Let me tell you. Yeah, it's basically it's the uh, it's kit from Knight Rider. It's that chassis with a Taurus. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, that's impressive. Or That's impressive. That's all I can say. Or movie magic. Oh. Well, it, it's probably a little more movie magic than anything because... You know, I was just thinking with that too. Like, whenever I say movie magic, I need to get on the sound pad. Like, some kind of sound where it sounds like I'm sprinkling, like, magic dust. Like, that... You know, or you could be like Will Ferrell from uh, Talladega Nights where he's like, or uh, it's not Will Ferrell. I'm sorry. It's um, John C. Riley where he's like, I'm magic man. Oh, yeah. There now, we go. Too. Now you see me. Now you don't. Or there's a, in there a Shia LaBeouf meme where he goes, it's magic. And he's doing this little thing with his fingers. Yes. Yes. Yep. You, right. you, you've got options. I've got, I've got stuff. I, I, I got plenty of options in the old utility yes. belt. Yes. Yes. Uh, the last award is the, I'm the king of the world. Award for who wins this movie for you. So, Lucas, I will begin with you. Who wins National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? Uh, I think uh, Christmas movie fans win. Yeah? And, you know, in general, just because Christmas movies are something that bring, you know, everybody together to watch during, you know, what's the happiest holidays of the season. Unless you work and, retail, then it's not. Yeah, well... When you're not working retail, it's the happiest of the season. Um, which now that we're not working retail, this is like the happiest time of the year for me. I can't wait to watch my six-month-old ch- uh, son rip through some wrapping paper in a couple of days. So that that's really exciting for me. But yeah, Christmas movie fans, this is just another one that they can sit down with their family and watch mm-hmm. on on Christmas or around Christmas and really enjoy. So I think Christmas movie fans win that's a, this movie. That's a good answer. Jen, who wins this movie for you? Cousin Eddie. You mean Randy Quaid? Cousin Eddie, yes. Well, yeah, he used to be Randy Quaid before he evolved into Cousin Eddie. I know, squatting but, in people's houses. Well, yeah, he, that's why I'm calling him Cousin Eddie. He's just, he, he took that role and he just rolled with it and that's who he is today. It's real life. Yeah, that's method acting to the extreme. Right, absolutely. Um, I also nominated Randy Quaid, too. Uh, I think when you're going up against, like, Chevy Chase is arguably a comedy movie icon. Not so much anymore, but he had a run there for a while. He was, like, in the elite class with, like, yeah. Bill Murray, Steve Martin, those So guys. funny. But when you've got, you steal the movie from him, and you end up creating a character that during this time of the year is just as iconic as the Grinch. Or Ebenezer Scrooge, I I would say that you win this movie. I mean, can you really think of? I mean, I don't think this movie works quite as well without him. I mean, I still think no, it's funny, but not. the best stuff in the movie involves him. I agree completely. So I mean, I for me, I'd have to give it to him based on that principle and the fact that like everybody knows who Cousin Eddie is, right? So, and everybody knows the Cousin Eddie. Yeah, and everybody knows a Cousin Eddie. I bet there's one living in our neighborhood right now. There probably is. Actually, I think one of my dogs has a personality of a cousin Eddie. Yeah, that'd be Lemmy. Yeah. <laughs> Pisses and shits wherever, just dumps it wherever. All right. Well, uh, before we wrap this up, do either one of you have anything you want to add? No, sir. No, I don't think I have anything other than if you haven't seen this, you're missing out. Go watch it ASAP. Yep. Like I said, you can watch it on HBO Max. Uh, get the old family together. Gather around the old TV set. Check it out. Um, before we go, though, I want to wish all of you that listen to this, all eight of you, maybe ten, I don't know, I uh, want to wish you a very happy holiday, uh, happy New Year, Merry Christmas, all that jazz. 
whatever you celebrate, enjoy it, spend it with your family, live it up. Uh, but uh, this is going to be the last episode of the year. Uh, we'll be back in early January with a new episode I'll tell you here in a minute. So until uh, the first of the year, we will talk at you guys later. And that's going to wrap up this week's episode of the Couch Potato Podcast. We hope you guys and gals have a very wonderful holiday season. There won't be an episode coming up uh, this Tuesday as we're going to spend a little bit of the holiday season with our friends and family. We will return on January the 4th with a brand new episode. We're going to do Ace Ventura Pet Detective. We haven't, for some reason we haven't done a Jim Carrey episode yet, which is kind of strange, but we will rectify that on January the 4th. I'm going to be joined by Jen and the return of the Rotato Tot Jack to discuss that one. So that should be a lot of fun. So until January the 4th, we hope you guys have a wonderful holiday season and we will talk at you then. Bye everybody.